0: Hi there. Welcome to The Carter Report and focus on Bible prophecy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our subject today is the last international sign before the Great Battle of Armageddon. Now, Bible prophecy teaches that we are living in the very end of time. And the Bible teaches that just before Jesus returns, the Great Battle of Armageddon will ravage this world. It will sweep around the world. Now, before the battle of Armageddon, God in His mercy sends to the human race a great sign. Would you like to know what this great sign is? We're going to tell you in this program today. Right now I want you to come with me downtown Los Angeles to the Great Shrine Auditorium where we're going to talk about the last international sign before Armageddon. Welcome today to the Carter Report and focus on Bible prophecy. prophecy. It's used to peer into the future, but it must be learned from the past. The Carter Report presents Focus on Prophecy. From the Shrine Auditorium in downtown Los Angeles, John Carter unravels the mysteries of Bible prophets and brings modern meaning to this ancient book. And now, John Carter. We're going to answer these questions this afternoon. What is Armageddon? When does it take place? And also we're going to answer the question, according to the prophecies, where are we living in the stream of time? That's very, very important. Also we're going to answer these questions, how can I receive the power of the great Creator God in my life? How can I have power? How can I receive freedom from guilt and freedom from fear and freedom from hate. How can I somehow get the victory over these negative emotions that sap my strength and that pull me down? And then we're going to talk a little bit today also about the great prophecy that describes the mark of the beast. And so this program today is the most important program so far. I want you to now take a copy of the Scriptures and turn with me to page 1070 and I want you to come to Revelation 16 and verses 12 down to 17 if you don't mind. Revelation chapter 16 and verse 12. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates. And his water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, the beast is the antichrist, Out of the mouth of the false prophet. Verse 14 says, For they are the spirits of demons, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. And verse 16 says, and they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew, Armageddon. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. Now, I want you to notice this because I'm going to come to the blackboard, and I want to put up something here which is very, very significant, and which is very, very important. The Bible talks about the great battle of Armageddon. This is a very interesting word. Armageddon is made up of, of two Hebrew words, and it refers, it means the mount or the congregation of slaughter. It comes from the term Megiddo, which is used in the Old Testament days, where the, the forces of truth and the forces of evil fought for the mastery. Armageddon is used in the Apocalypse, the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, to describe the last great showdown between the forces of of the Creator God and the forces of the Antichrist. And the Bible says, the Bible prophets say that the great battle of Armageddon takes place right at the very, very end of time. Just before God comes and sets up the kingdom. Just before the very end of of this civilization as we understand it, just before the kingdom of God comes in power, the great battle of Armageddon is fought. And when the great battle of Armageddon reaches its climax, there is a, a great voice from the throne of God that says, It is done. That is the very finish of everything as we understand it. Now, I want you to turn now to the words of the apostles. I want you to come now to page 857. I want you to come as fast as you can. Matthew 24 and verse 3. Matthew 24 and verse 3. Now, as he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Now let me come over here quickly again to the blackboard. The Bible talks about the end of the world. And it also talks, very plainly, it talks about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And just before the the return of Jesus Christ to set up his kingdom and to take authority over the kings of this earth, the great battle of Armageddon takes place. And what I want to tell you today is this, that before the coming of Jesus Christ and before the end of the world and before the great kingdom will come, God is going to send to the teeming masses of planet Earth a tremendous message of warning and a message that gets people ready. And today I'm going to show you what that message is and that's the very reason we are running these meetings in this tremendous theater downtown in Los Angeles. Now, listen to me. Last night we spoke about some of the signs of the times. We spoke about some of the omens that the Bible talks about. And I want you to notice them here this Saturday afternoon. We're not going to spend a lot of time. We did that last night. But I want you now to notice, once again, some of the signs. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4 says that one of the great signs before the end of civilization will be an explosion of knowledge. The prophet Daniel writing 600 years before Christ said, shut up the words, seal the book, even to the time of the end, many are going to run to and fro and knowledge is going to be increased. Right at the very end of time, there is going to be a tremendous explosion of knowledge. Luke chapter 21 says that one of the main signs that talk about the coming of the kingdom will be an increase in earthquakes. Now Californians know a little bit about earthquakes. The Bible teaches that right at the very end of time, as we understand it, the whole earth is going to be shaken by tremendous earthquakes. Earthquakes are a sign of the times. Luke chapter 21 talks about famines and pestilences and uh, and awful diseases. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 17 and 18. Wait for this one. We talked about it last night. I'm going to refer to it again. The Bible says in Revelation 17 that men will get the ability to destroy the earth. You can read it in the Bible. The Bible says that Jesus Christ will come back when people have the awesome ability to destroy the earth. Now man has only had that ability in the last few years when the Bible was written. It was written in a time when people had bows and arrows. But the Bible says one of the the greatest signs of the coming kingdom of God is when men and women have the ability, when the nations have the ability to destroy the earth. You can read it in the book of Revelation. 2 Timothy chapter 3 talks about a tremendous surge of violence. The Bible says that in the last days, the cities of the nations are going to be just filled with, with violence and crime and it's not going to be safe to walk down the streets. Revelation 16 says there is going to be a revival of the occult the great power of the occult is going to become manifested and millions of people who think they are worshipping God are going to be deceived by the spirits of demons. That is a sign. Uh, Point number seven, look at this over here, number seven, the rise of the Antichrist. Now I want to look you in the eye this afternoon Because I have something that's tremendously important to say to you. In the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation, you have a clear description of the identity and the person of the Antichrist. And we're going to spend this coming week talking about it on Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Thursday night and on Friday night we're going to talk about the great Antichrist who is going to deceive the whole wide world. Antichrist already is in the world and I'm going to prove it to you. This is a sign. The prophet Joel 2,700 years ago said there would be signs in the sky, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. He actually saw the blood, and he saw the fire, and he saw the pillars of smoke. That is a sign. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 24, The good news of the kingdom would be preached in the whole wide world, and then the end would come. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says that just before the kingdom of God is set up, Just before Christ comes in power and puts down the Antichrist, people are going to be talking peace and safety just as it was on the last night of Babylon at the Feast of Belshazzar. They're going to be laughing. They're going to be saying the world is going to last for another million years and when people are talking peace and safety, then the Bible says the end is going to come. Listen to me. I have a message hot from my heart you. I have the deepest conviction that burns in my soul that we are living at the very close of Earth's history as we understand it. Now there may be some people, they say, why have you gone to all this expense? It must cost a lot of money. I want to tell you why we've gone to this expense and why we've hired the best theater in Southern California. I want to tell you why we run meetings like this in Africa and in the Philippines and in the Sydney Opera House. I want to tell you why, because I have a fire in my soul. And you know what it tells me? It tells me that Christ is going to come soon. And I have, I have another conviction that the vast majority of people in this world and the vast majority of people who go to church are absolutely ignorant and oblivious to the great truths of the prophecies. That's why we're running the meetings. You hear it? That's why we're running the meetings. Because we have a conviction That God is going to do something and God is going to do something tremendous. Now people say to me, don't those things scare you? The battle of Armageddon, doesn't it scare you? The earthquakes, the famines, the, the nuclear warfare, the signs in the sky, all of this, doesn't this scare you? Not a bit. I want to tell you why it doesn't. Jesus said, when you see all these things, Jesus said, look up. Jesus said, Rejoice. Jesus said, Be glad, because these things that scare the world are signs. They are good news for the person who's got faith in God. You hear this? You see, if you understand the prophecies, and I do, if you understand the prophecies, you realize that the reign of evil is coming to an end and Christ is going to come in power and he's going to put Satan down and he's going to build a brand new world. You hear that? That's the good news. You and I better believe it, friend. Now, I want you to come now, having said that, I want you to come now to Revelation 14. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 14 and onwards. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle, and reap. For the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Now, I want you to notice this. There you have the battle of Armageddon that takes place at the second coming, which is the end of the world. The Bible also has another term for these events. The Bible talks about the harvest. The harvest is the time of separation. And just before the harvest, just before the battle of Armageddon, just before the end of the world, just before the great kingdom of God comes and is set up on this earth, God sends to the human race the most significant message that you'll ever hear. Ever hear. And you read it in this same chapter. I want you now to notice it on the same page I think it is. Revelation 14 and verse 6 and onwards. Revelation 14 and verse 6 and onwards. Please notice it. Follow me carefully. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those that dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, "...saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come. And uh, worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water." Verse 8, "...and another angel followed them, saying, Babylon has fallen." Verse 9 says, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Now listen. You just listen carefully, please. Just before Jesus Christ returns, and of course that is the same as the great stone that comes and strikes the image of Daniel 2 on the feet. We spoke about this on Tuesday night. Just before Christ returns, just before the resurrection, just before the greatest event in the history of the human race, just before these great events, just before the coming of the stone that smashes the kingdoms of this world and grows into a tremendous mountain, just before that happens, the prophet looked up into heaven and in symbolic prophetic vision, he saw three angels. Those angels are symbolic of a message that arises in the last days. The word angel is the Greek word angelos that means messenger, And in the last days, just before the very end of time, I want to tell you, my American friends, there arises a threefold message that must go to the cities of America, the cities of Russia, that must go to the whole wide world because those angels up there Declaring such a tremendous message, those angels prepare the people of this world for the harvest, for the coming of Christ, and the kingdom of God, you see. Now listen to me. Now let me look you in the eye, whether you are a Jew, or a Muslim, a Christian, a protestant or a roman catholic whether you have no religion at all we have proved i believe in these meetings that this book is the very book of god this is the word of god it is proved true by the findings of archaeology you can believe this book you see you can believe this book you hear what i'm saying you can believe this book And in this book which is is the very Word of God, this book which is filled with prophecies, here is another tremendous prophecy and it talks about a, a great message that arises in the last days. Now there's one thing I want more than anything else. I want to be ready when Jesus Christ returns. That's what I want. I don't know about you. But I want to be ready when Christ returns. I want my wife to be ready. And I want my children to be ready. And I want to tell you something today. I want to help you to get ready also. Can you hear what I'm saying here today? We need to be ready for this event. You know, it doesn't matter where you go in this world. There are people talking about a great event coming upon the human race. The Muslims believe it. They believe that something tremendous is about to happen to the world. The New Age people will tell you something tremendous is about to happen to the world. Wherever you go, there is this conviction, this almost universal conviction that something tremendous is about to happen. I want to tell you, folk, something tremendous is about to happen. The signs of the times, all of this. And this is just a sample. You hear that? It's only just a sample. It's only just a sample because we don't have enough blackboards. We could fill up all the blackboards, and we could fill up a blackboard after blackboard with the signs. And these signs tell us that Christ is coming, and before Christ comes, he sends to this world because he loves people. That's the good news because God loves people. He sends to this world a tremendous message to wake up the world and we're going to look at this message. Now you say, I say again, the reason we are running these meetings in this great theater is to show people what the meaning of that message is so you and I can be ready for the greatest event in the history of the human race. That's the purpose. Now... Okay, I want you to notice the message. I want you to notice it. And let your ears hang out because you need to, need to hear this. Revelation 14 and verse 14, I looked a white cloud on the cloud, one like the Son of Man. That's the harvest. And then you come back to verse 6. Then I saw another angel or messenger flying in the midst of heaven, having the, what does it say? Now come on, when I ask you today, I want you to reply. What does it say? This angel brings a great message to the world. And what is that message? What is the first part of that message? The first part of that message is the everlasting gospel. Now listen, friend, that word gospel simply means good news. God sends a message to Los Angeles. He sends a message to you. And you say, John Carter, what is the most important part of the message? What is, what is the good news? What is the good news, you say? The world is filled with bad news. We turn on the television and somebody else has been murdered outside the Shrine Auditorium. Or, or I sat in my hotel this week just up the road and the helicopter's buzzing all the time. The, the city, my friend, is like a war zone. This is bad news, but I want to tell you God has got good news. You know what the good news is? I'll tell you what the good news is. The good news is the good news about Jesus Christ. That's the good news. The good news is that 2,000 years ago, a Jewish woman had a little baby boy, and her name was Mary. I want to say to the Christians here today, no Christian should be anti-Jewish because the Christ whom we worship is a Jew. You hear that? No Christian should ever be anti-Jewish Because when Mary, Mary the Jewish girl had a little baby boy and when she called his name Jesus she gave to the world, the Jews and the Gentiles, the best news, the greatest news that the world has ever heard. You hear that? Now listen, what is the good news? What is the good news about Jesus? Why is Jesus good news? Why is he good news to the Arabs? Why is he good news to the Russians? Why is Jesus good news to the people in Los Angeles? Why is he good news to the Protestants? Why is he good news to the—to the Roman Catholics? Why is he good news to the black man? Why is he good news to the white man? Why is he good news to the Spanish man and every man? Why is he good news? I'll tell you why he's good news. Jesus came with a message. And the message was this My Father has sent me down to tell you, I love you. I love you. There was a little girl attending a party, a little girl who had been cast out by her parents. She came from a very unhappy home where she had been mistreated. And she was at this party, a little Australian girl. And uh, I, know, I know the occasion, I know the people. And uh, she was only about five or six years of age, maybe only four. And uh, there was a teenage boy sitting opposite her. Opposite her. And impulsively she got up and she went across to him and uh, without any uh, announcements at all, she she put her arms around his neck and she kissed him. And this gangling teenager, uh, more embarrassed than anything else, uh, pushed her away. He, He did not know how to react towards this little girl. And the little girl, as she was pushed away, said, Nobody don't ever love me. The world is filled with people who are saying, nobody don't ever love me. Broken homes and broken hearts and broken bodies. The main reason people turn to drugs is because they believe nobody don't ever love me. The reason so many people suicide. Did you know that this country has one of the highest suicide rates in the world? Among American young people, there is a tremendous rate of suicide. Do you know why young people, suicide? One young boy wrote to his father. His father found it after he found the boy's body, but he wrote to his father and he said, he said, I have tried to get someone to listen to me. He said, listen, listen, listen. It is too late to listen to him. Nobody don't ever love me was the cry of his heart. I've got a message for you folks sitting here today in the Shrine Auditorium. You may think nobody don't ever love you. I want you to know Jesus loves you. You hear that?